This is CFFFFM 92.7. It's Trent Radio. And right now we've got time for Insight Peterborough with Devin and yours truly, Bob. So go ahead, Devin, and we've got a lot of good stuff today. Yeah, we do. Uh, good afternoon, Bob. How are you? Doing great. That's Remembrance good. Day, too, today. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully, well, I don't think it was too snowy this morning for Remembrance Day uh, services. But uh, it's more yeah, snow it's making, now in the afternoon. Yeah, making up for it now. So uh, this is Insight Peterborough, which is a project of the uh, Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And if you want to find out more about uh, the CCB, uh, then you can email ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, Bob, um, seeing that it is Remembrance Day, I thought it might be a good idea to start with a song by Terry Kelly. Now, Terry Kelly is a fellow from uh, Halifax, and he is a blind person, and uh, he's done quite well for himself as a musician. And uh, this was one of his first um, songs that really caught people's attention. And uh, so here's Terry Kelly with A Pittance of Time. People's attention. And uh, so here's Terry Kelly with a pittance of time. People's attention. And uh, so here's Terry Kelly with a pittance. They thought and some died for their homeland. They thought and some died. Now it's our land. Look at his little child. There's no fear in her eyes. Could he not show respect for other dads who have died? Take two minutes, would you mind? It's a pittance of time for the boys and the girls who went over. In peace may they rest, may we never forget why they died. It's a pittance of time. God forgive me for wanting to strike him. Give me strength so as not to be like him. My heart pounds in my breast. Fingers pressed to my lips, my throat wants to ball out, my tongue barely resists, but two minutes I will bide. It's a pittance of time for the boys and the girls who went over. In peace may they rest, may we never forget why they died. It's a pittance of time mm-hmm. 
Read the letters and poems of the heroes at home. They have casualties, battles, and fears of their own. There's a price to be paid if you go, if you stay. Freedoms fought for and won in numerous ways. Take two minutes, would you mind? It's a pittance of time for the boys and the girls all over. May we never forget our young become vets at the end. Of the line, it's a pittance of time. It takes courage to fight in your own war. It takes courage to fight someone else's war. Our peacekeepers tell of their own living hell. They bring hope. To foreign lands that hate mongers can't kill. Take two minutes, would you mind? It's a pittance of time for the boys and the girls who go over. In peacetime, our best still don battle dress and lay their lives on the line. It's a pittance of time. May they rest, lest we forget why they died. Take a pittance of time. Terry Kelly, with a pittance of time, and uh, boy, is it ever true. Uh, you know, one of these days, uh, Bob, it will be uh, good, and we better do it in the next year or two, if we can maybe find from uh, some local uh, veterans with disabilities to come on and chat about uh, with us about their involvement in the war, don't you think? Well, that, yes, and, uh, you know, a little bit about their own uh, personal story and yeah. maybe some of their activities while they were uh, in active duty. Yeah, that's right. Uh, although we did chat um, last week with um, two young ladies uh, who work at War Amps in Ottawa, but uh, they were born with their uh, particular disabilities and it must have been quite an adjustment for people uh, to be sent back uh, to Canada and have to adjust to life with uh, a disability. Well, many uh, things had to come from that because there were so many uh, Canadians that came back with uh, different kinds of disabilities, and there was really nothing set up prior to that for them to uh, get help. And uh, so... Societies like the CNIB and others had to be uh, brought into existence 
because there were so many uh, needed uh, that kind of help. You've heard us talk many times about the CCB, or Canadian Council of the Blind, and that's exactly why they were set, set up, so that uh, people could have the peer support and uh, be shown by people who were blind themselves how to do certain jobs without sight, which they would have been used to doing all right, but they would have had their sight before the war. Or even getting around, yeah. you know, uh, that was maybe a problem for some people just to get around, whether they were uh, sight handicapped or any other handicap. Uh, training sometimes, sometimes equipment, and sometimes uh, just advice to help you know, them to understand what had to be done. Yeah, uh-huh, that's right. And I've often said, and I'm sure this is the case with any disability, there's no one that can teach you how to do a task with a disability like somebody who also has that same disability. Well, that seems to be uh, one of the things that is... Um maybe more needed now uh, for people to understand, like teachers that are being trained and that to understand, well, maybe, hey, someone that is already with this problem could do a far better job, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, moving on from Remembrance Day, um, uh, the Thursday, I think it is, yeah, the 14th, I believe that lands on a, a Thursday, is World Diabetes Day. And uh, last year, I found a, um, a demonstration on the Internet, on a, um, a, a chat, a weekly chat called Tech Talk, and um, it was about how you can... Configure your iPhone to work with the uh, Freestyle Libre device, which you can uh, get and, and you can uh, attach it to your arm by uh, inserting it into a, a vein in your arm, and it's good for a couple of weeks. And uh, then you all you have to do, rather than picking your finger every day or however many times a day, uh, is you can have a look at the um, device itself or you can get somebody else to do it or you can uh, use an app to connect uh, to it and uh, read it for yourself. Does that have to be prescribed by a doctor? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Um, it's just like having a, a glucometer, you know, where you would uh, you can get one, them from the, the uh, drugstore. And uh, you can measure your your blood sugar that way. Um, so I, I don't believe that it has to be prescribed. So anyway, I downloaded this um, Tech Talk uh, demonstration, and uh, it, there's a bit of chatter back and forth. The fellow that kind of leads this off, and this is in this was done in the states, so the blood sugar readings that they're going to mention um, are are strange here for, for us um, because uh, 
Well, we use uh, a different kind of uh, uh, unit by which to measure blood sugar. I think you have to divide their number by 18, if I'm not mistaken, to get what the reading would be up here. Anyway, um, uh, here's this uh, demonstration which uh, you may find uh, useful. On freestyle? Yes. Well, hello everybody. Larry Gassman from Salt Lake City here on Tech Talk. It's uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's 6 where I am and it's 5 on the Pacific Coast. And today is March 4, 2019. And we're talking about a subject that I have, have rapidly learned a lot about in a very short time. We're talking about Freestyle Libra. And in case you think maybe that's something else that you can look up on am Amazon.com and buy, uh, Probably not. But for those of you who are diabetics, I think you ought to stay tuned because it's fascinating information. And uh, so I learned a lot about it from Jeff Bishop, and Jeff learned out about it from other people as well. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. It is revolutionary. It is wonderful technology. And there's some fun associated, too, when you go through the airports, etc. because stuff happens that you don't expect to happen. In any event... Uh, for more about what Lifestyle Libra is and how, if you are a diabetic, you might be able to take advantage of it, here's Jeff Bishop. Thank you very much, Larry, and thank you so much, everyone, for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I thought I'd first start by giving you a little bit of a, a background on me. Uh, again, my name is Jeff Bishop. I, I actually work at Microsoft Corporation on the Windows Accessibility Team working on Narrator, that's what I do for uh, my, my job. But I'm not here to talk about that. But uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, me personally and my diabetes story and how uh, I learned about the Freestyle Libre and how it has greatly uh, changed my life um, in just a, in a you know, immensely positive way. So um, I am, uh, let's see, how old am I? <laughs> let's see, I'm almost, I, I'll be 53 this year. And uh, I was born uh, about three and a half months premature. And uh, I learned when I got diagnosed with, with diabetes, and I'll tell that story in a minute, exactly how that took place. Um that I only have about a quarter of a pancreas. Uh, so I'm, I'm what you would probably classify as a uh, type 1.5 <laughs> uh, because eventually I will be a type 1, more than likely, uh, diabetic. So about uh, 17 or so years ago, maybe eight, almost 18 years ago, I uh, went and had... Uh, blood work done for life insurance and that blood work came back just fine uh when you know nine times out of ten when you do that they run an a1c and they check all kinds of things and and that came back uh, all within all within norm and then i went and got a physical for uh guide dog training to go to the seeing eye and i uh and that went fine too and what's an a1c jeff an a1c is a is a uh as a test that measures the amount of uh, sugar 
in your in your blood over a 30 or, or actually a 90 60 to 90 day window so they're able to take a a, a, bl- a blood sample and determine over you know that you, basically your cells in your body live for about 60 to 90 days and so they're able to through chemistry take a look at what your average glucose was over that 60 to 90 day period and it's called an a1c and it's called a hemoglobin a1c if you want to have the official name and anything uh 7.0 and above is is you know pretty that's very bad you don't want to have that situation uh depending upon whose scale or ratings you're you follow uh you really don't want to go over 6.5 if you follow the uh, endocrinology ratings, uh, that, that that's, uh, you know, that's a little bit different than the, than the ADA guidelines. Uh, but, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a measurement of, of how well you're doing in control of your diabetes. So I, I came back with my guide dog and, uh, about, uh, about, oh, I don't know, two or three months, two or three months later, I, I woke up in the middle of the night just dying of thirst. And, uh, my mom was, a, a type two diabetic. And so of course I knew the, you know, I knew the signs. And, um, so I went to the doctor that afternoon. My, my blood sugar was 300 and, wow. uh, yeah, which is not good. Uh, you don't want anything that high. Uh, you really don't want anything over 200 at all. And really uh-huh. uh, ideally nothing over 150. Um, and uh, I went and had a glucose tolerance test, and my blood count went up, or my blood sugar went up to 800. So obviously, I had a problem. Uh, and ever since then, I uh, have been had used, you know, uh, some kind of a talking uh, glucometer. Uh, I started with the uh, the Roche uh, VoiceMate, which was this giant-looking thing, um, not very portable at all. Um, but it worked. Um, but you know, I, if you've ever known any blind diabetics, um, you'll know that one of the most difficult things to do is to get blood placed into a strip appropriately mm-hmm. or, 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 or correctly. Um, and, uh, I can't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of wasting of, of test strips and it's very costly and, Either you smear it or you don't get enough blood or the blood just doesn't, the blood ends up on the top of the strip because if they have blood runs, um, it's a, it's a really tricky, it's a really tricky thing if you can't see, see what you're doing. So this is, this went on for me for, well, until last year, you know, and, uh, I, I was really looking for, you know, uh, a solution and, um, Thanks to Bill Sparks. Now, many of you will know him. They put they they put up a podcast and uh, talking about this uh, about the freestyle freestyle Libre system. And um, this was very very exciting. And so I, I immediately uh, contacted my insurance provider, and they were already switching us to this new meter that was completely inaccessible. Uh, it's a, the, my, my wife is a diabetic and my son, and, uh, it's really interesting if their blood sugar is too low or too high, they get a phone call within seconds. So it automatically uploads to, to, uh, a phone bank and, 
you know, they get, they get contacted, but it's not accessible. So one of the first things I'm going to tell you in this, in this conversation is you really, really, really need to be your best advocate on pushing for an accessible solution for controlling your blood sugar. Um, and you know, uh, so if, if you have to tell them that, that, look, I can't get blood placed into a strip, you're not lying. You know, it's a hundred percent true. It's, it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult to be accurate. Uh, I remember, uh, Chris Gray, when we were at the American Council of the Blind Leadership Conference, he said when he was in the hospital, the, 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 the person there said to him, well, I will show you how to be 70% accurate in testing your blood. Well, shoot, what about that 30%? I mean, you could die in some cases. So, you know, um, this, is, this is something that I think we really need to be pushing our insurance companies for to ensure that we have a truly accessible solution. So I, I ended up getting it. Um, now I'm going to describe to you the, the, the system as it, as it is today. Uh, these are known as continuous glucose monitoring solutions, meaning that they constantly monitor your blood sugar. There's two basic uh, manufacturers of these that are on the market today that are most common. Um, I am using the Freestyle Libre, and then there is the Dexcom G6 solution, which I will talk about at least a little bit. I have some familiarity with it from talking to others. I personally have not used it, but um, there's pros and cons to, to either approach. So I'll cover, I'll cover that. The Freestyle Libre uh, is, a, uh, is a sensor that is uh, injected. And it's really not injected. It's a, it, it barely goes under the skin. And I'll talk about exactly how the sensor works in a minute. Uh, it, it, it is suggested to place it on the back of your arm. So on the upper part of your arm above your elbow. So more like on the, you know, more fleshy part of your upper arm. And, uh, you, you can use it on either arm. I know people have used it on other parts of their body, like their, like their thighs and other things, but that's not what they rec you know that's not what they tell you to do in, in their documentation um can a blind person independently uh you know like put on the sensor yes absolutely i'm going to have larry talk to this in a minute but um i would strongly encourage you to to independently do it by yourself but at least for the first time to have someone um watch you um, that's what I did with my with my wife at home. I did not have her do it at all. I did it all by myself, but she was watching um, just to make sure that 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 I did it correctly. In the box, you get um, you get a uh, basically a box with documentation, which is on the top. There are then two um, two pieces that make up the sensor. And I'll talk about how those go together in just a minute. Uh, then um, there's two alcohol wipes, which you would will want to use to, to clean off the surface where you're going to inject the sensor. Um, and, uh, and that's it. Um, there, you probably will get it as a kit. Some insurance companies sell it as a kit where you get 
the meter. They, they sell a uh, glucometer along with it. Um, and you do not want the meter. If you can get it without the meter, I would encourage you to do so. There is no need. The meter is not accessible. It will not provide any value to you. Uh, unless, of course, you have someone cited to assist you with it. So as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really serve a purpose for me. Um, my insurance went ahead and purchased the meter. Uh, I didn't have a choice. It just came with it. And if I could have just gotten the sensors by themselves, I would have. So um, now let's talk about the um, the actual uh, I was going to, I was going to actually do a recording of this, and I was halfway through it and forgot to put my phone on uh, Do Not Disturb and got a phone call, and it messed up the whole thing. And by the time I got that far, it was too late. I couldn't really start over. It was I was already in the middle of the process, so it was kind of a mess. Um, there, there are, again, two pieces to this sensor. One, one of the pieces um, is, uh, is they're, they're both pieces of, of, of plastic. One is larger than the other um the uh one one of the uh pieces you basically unscrew um and you have to tightly turn it to the you know turn it to the left um to unscrew the the lid of that and then there's a then there's the other part of it which uh you you basically um peel off and it makes kind of a an interesting sound as that uh, as it unpeels and then you you basically have these two two halves. Now, Larry, um, how did you find these two pieces together? What can you what, what how would you describe these? As far as it'd be interesting to see how you would describe them. Well, I at first I wasn't quite sure what yeah. I was doing, and your wife Carrie was with me through FaceTime. Yes, it was great. It was great. Now the the only downside of that was she wasn't there live to take my hands and right. position them where they needed to be with regard right. to the two pieces of plastic. It's if she'd exactly. done that, it would have taken far less time. And by yeah. the way, the next time I did the sensor, I've done it three times now. Second time I did it in five minutes because I had to look at my notes. The last time I did it, which was maybe two weeks ago, I did it under a minute because yeah. I remembered everything. I'll do it again on the ninth and I won't have any problems because right. it's a piece so, of cake. It really is. But the first yeah, time so, it's like, what, what, what do I do? Right. So tell them. Am I going to screw this up? Yeah, exactly. So tell them how you did it. Uh, of course, she was watching through FaceTime, and and I had to get the concept right. I found one of the pieces of plastic has a little strip. Uh, yep. It kind of sticks out, and you mm-hmm. put the other piece of plastic in it until it fits into that strip. And all you have to right. do is turn the exactly. piece of plastic. I was doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Yeah, like you trying just to push it, it and, and it falls down in. Oh, once it does that, and you hear a little... And it's done. It's yeah, that simple. You, you, yeah, you, you turn that. You turn it. You, you rotate it. You can rotate it either direction, and you'll feel the. You'll feel it slide in. You'll feel it slide down, and then and then you simply just push down on the top. So you want to put it on a table, and it, it will hear. You'll hear like a chunk sound, exactly, yeah. and that's it. And then you lift the lift the bottom out of it, and now you have this applicator with the with the sensor in it. Okay. Now, you would think it's because it looks kind of scary, didn't it, Larry? It's kind of big. Yeah, it was huge. I thought, I'm putting th- that into my arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it really terrified me when I did it for the first time. <laughs> so now, be, be, before we tell you how to how you actually inject this, 
Um, there are two there are two types of sensors that you should be aware of, and you really want to try to shoot for the 14-day sensors. There are 10-day sensors, and there are 14-day sensors, okay? The 10-day sensors, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to, uh, to these. The 10-day sensors only last 10 days, and in addition, have a 12-hour setup period. And you say, wait, a setup period? What does that even mean? Well, that means that, that when you inject the sensor, it can take up to 12 hours for it to acclimate to your body temperature, okay? The 14-day sensor, in other words, it lasts four days longer, only has a one-hour setup time, okay? So you really want to try to get the 14-day um, sensors if you possibly can. So... Now, what you do is you, you basically take this sensor and you'll, you'll be able to tell uh, when you're looking at it. it one, one part of it looks like a button, you know, like a flat button kind of thing that you could mash with, it, with your palm. And that's exactly what you're going to be doing. You're going to place the other end on the back of your arm after cleaning it, your arm off with, with alcohol. And you're going to, what I do, what I tend to do is I tend to hold the sensor down on my arm not real, real firmly, but pretty firmly, and then simply press down on the top. And you'll hear it also make a, a clicking sound. And you'll feel a little tiny pinch. It's actually less painful than an actual finger stick. Easily. Yeah, easily. And, the, and, it's, gone, and it's gone within five seconds. I mean, you won't, even, you won't even know it's there. Okay? So now you have this, now you have this thing, in, you know, injected in your arm. And you say, okay, well, now wait, how am I going to do this? Exactly how is this going to work? I mean, I have this sensor, but what's going to read it? How is it going to work? So there are uh, um, apps on iOS, so your iPhone, and on Android. Now, I have not tested it on Android, but I suspect that it's going to work fine. Um, the, the iOS app is called Libre, L-I-B-R-E, Link. L-I-N-K. And that's what you need to download. You need to install that app and go through the setup process. It's going to ask you to create an account. And by the way, be careful. Be careful because there are some that sound so similar. I spent an enormous oh, yes. amount of time trying I think, to I think I think we spent more time oh, troubleshooting that than easy. we did that. Yeah. It was the wrong yeah, that was, one. That was, that was pretty funny. That was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that looks sort of familiar, but that's strange. What is but then that? you didn't recognize happened? anything in the confirmation screen. I thought, no, God, if no. he doesn't know, we're in trouble. So you, um, you install this app. It, it's going to ask you to create an account. It's going to ask you a number of personal questions about you. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, pretty much fully accessible um, to, to go through that whole process. It, it probably will take maybe... 10 minutes to actually set up the account. It will take less time to, to actually scan the sensor and get it activated. So once you, once you walk through this wizard, then, then it's time to scan the sensor. Now, Libre, the Freestyle Libre uses what's called near field communications. So what this means is that you have to use an iPhone that supports NFC capabilities and um, I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Uh, I have been told that iPhone 7 or later will work. Um, I have an 8. That, Works fine. Yeah, and, and, he, and Larry has an 8. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, it, and it works for him. So um, what you basically do is there's going to be a, uh, uh, when, when, if you walk through the wizard, it's actually going to guide you through activating the actual sensor. Can you demonstrate um, this? I, 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 um, I don't know. I can't because I can't, I, I already have one activated. Oh, okay. So I can't, yeah. I tried okay. to do that. I tried to do that. And yeah. that's, that was my bad. And I'm okay. And I, for that, I, but I, it's very, I'm very, it's very, very straightforward. So basically what you do is, is, is you, you tap a button that says, you know, um, sensor and it will come up and say, you know, uh, activate your sensor. Um, you may have to flick uh, to the left or right to find the actual string. It's not going to speak that automatically. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does not. We'll talk about um, another thing about this app in just a minute that you want to turn on. Um, and and it's, it's something to your advantage. Uh, and I think you have that feature turned on, don't you, Larry? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. So um, what you basically do is you hold the back of the iPhone near the sensor. You don't have to touch the sensor. As long as it's within two to three inches of the sensor, you will feel a little bit of haptic feedback and you'll hear a sound. It will play like a boop, boop sound, meaning that it scanned the sensor. Okay. This goes for activating the sensor and also checking your blood glucose. Now, once you have activated the sensor, it will show you a countdown timer letting you know how long until you can take your first, uh, you know, reading with the sensor. And so you can come back in the app. It also sends you a push notification when it's ready for first time use. And also when your sensor is done, meaning it, once it, once it completes its 14 day cycle, you'll first, you'll get a three day notification. And then you'll also get notified when the sensor is no longer valid meaning it can't you cannot use it any longer it won't it will not provide inf you know information but you can it's, also flick on your phone to the end of the little element and it'll tell you how many days you have left that's right exactly cool. and then um you you then you know just uh again hold the iphone near the sensor and it will you know once you've activated the sensor button there's also a check glucose button that that voiceover will see and uh, then you scan the sensor and you can do it one of two ways. By default, um, you will have to flick to find the actual reading. So it will say your blood glucose is, I just checked mine, 81. Okay. Yes, it's kind of low. I need to eat something. Um, so, uh, but there's another feature that you can enable. In the app, there is a menu button. This brings up settings. And in there, you can go to speech. Uh, I, I think it says text to speech or speech. Let me see here. Uh, I'll check, but but basically, but basically, what you want to do. There we go. What you basically want to do is, um, you, you want to go and enable text to speech in the app itself. And what that will do is, it actually gives you more information. So it will. If you scan your, your blood glucose, by the way, you're not actually checking your blood glucose, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You, you are, but you're not, and I'll describe that in, in just a second. Um, what it actually will do is once you've scanned this using your phone to the sensor, then it, within a second or so, it will announce that your blood glucose is 81 and rising slowly. 
or rising quickly. So you actually know, hey, my blood glucose is this and it's rising quickly or it's, it's going down slowly or going down quickly. Okay, so you, you have a really good representation of exactly what's happening with your blood sugar at any given time. So you, you're able to, to, you know, determine what, what, what strategies that you need to do to either deal with a high blood sugar or a low blood sugar. Okay. Let's talk about what, what the sensor is actually testing. Okay. Um, in, in, in our bodies, we have, um, of course, our, our outer skin, you know, if you were to touch the back of your arm um, and you're injecting the sensor into your, into your skin and what you're really injecting this, this little filament, uh, you know, in it, you, you, the, 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 there's actually not a needle in your arm. It's, it's more like a, a, a filament. It's the same kind of a, a, of a concept like a pump uses um, to be able to monitor things. Um, and um, what it's actually measuring in this case is the interstitial fluid underneath your skin, Okay. Now you say, wait, interstitial fluid, what the heck is that? That your interstitial fluid, your, your skin sits on top of this, this fluid. It's not your blood. It's, it's a different kind of a fluid that your skin, you know, sits on top of. The, the uh, interesting thing about this, you can actually go watch a video on this on the Freestyle Libre website. It's, it's fascinating. They have a scientist and he, goes into like a 30 minute description of how the sensor works and all the technical details. And, you know, it's, it's full of medical mumbo jumbo. And so I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, make it simpler for you here. But, uh, cause I had to do a lot of, uh, searching to figure out all the terms that they were, that they were talking about. But, um, what, what, what's different about your interstitial fluid is when you're checking your blood with a meter, you are truly getting a drop of blood, right? So when you, prick your finger, you obviously are, get, are getting a drop of blood and you're placing that on a strip. And then that glucometer is checking the amount of, of sugar in that, in that drop of blood, right? In this case, you're, you're checking your interstitial fluid and you, and you think to yourself, well, that's got to be just as accurate. Well, it, it is, but it's, 50, it's on average 15 minutes delayed from the actual blood glucose in your blood, Okay because it takes up to 15 minutes for the interstitial fluid to get the sugar that's in your blood into the interstitial fluid. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's really what you're testing. So if you were to actually take a glucometer and test your blood and then test your test with a sensor, you may find that the numbers are not accurate and that's the reason why. And so I wanted to make sure that I explained that here. Okay. Now I wanted to talk about, um, the Dexcom system, it's, it's very similar. Uh, I, again, I haven't used it. There's, there's two basic things that, that made me um, choose the, the Libre over Dexcom. Um, well, there, there's really one main reason that I chose it, uh, and that is that um, they, they tell you now there, now there are people who use it differently but it's not according to the official documentation for the Dexcom, you have to inject theirs into your abdomen. Uh, and that doesn't sound very friendly to me. So um, I would much rather do my, do my uh, arm. I think now, Guillermo 
though, does use in the back of his arm. He decided. He, do, he does. He does. He does. Yeah. So it, it can be done. It can. Now, yeah. if you if you call them though and you tell them that, I don't know that they'll. I don't know. I don't know what their yeah. official stance would be. Right. But but that just makes me feel like, well, I don't know that officially. I want to be, you know, I don't want to, per- to be personally doing that. Now, the uh-huh. interesting thing about the Dexcom is it's Bluetooth. Yeah. Okay. And you say, well, that's interesting. What, you know, so, so they just re- recently um, released a version of the Dexcom app with um, the ability of having Siri shortcuts. So you can, you can pick up your phone and say, Hey, S lady, I'm not going to say the, the, the word people's phones are going to go off, but you know, what is my blood sugar? And it would be able to go pull the data from the, you know, Bluetooth module that's injected into your abdomen, pull it out, you know, and send it back to, you know, get it into the iPhone and speak it. Whereas with the Libre system, you have to hold the, the phone near the actual uh, sensor to be able to do it. You know, similar to how you would do with Apple pay. Um, the um, to, to, to wrap up here, to give you some kind of guidance on usage, um, a couple of things to, to, to take note of. Um, one, if you're flying or traveling, you, <clears throat> if you're traveling, you, you really want to make sure that you, that you handle the sensor carefully when you're going through security. It's perfectly fine to go through the metal detector. Um, the body scanner, however, you know, the one where they make you raise your arms and, you know, stand still and then they shut the door and they, you know, do the whole scanning thing. Um, that will mess up the sensor. And I personally have messed up a sensor doing that. So um, don't do that. <laughs> they're, they're not cheap. Um, so just be, just be really, really careful. Um, I did if, it today. You went through the uh, yeah. I went through uh, the body scanner today. So far, I'm you fine. did. Yeah. Oh, you're ah. lucky. You're lucky. Yeah. Well, I I would. Not I didn't know I wasn't future. supposed to. Yeah, I would not do that in the future. Um, you are a lucky man. So, you need to tell the airport, um, TSA agents, that you have a sensor and that you need to go through the metal detector, and they will do that, and that's perfectly that's perfectly fine. Um, if you have sensors that are in your carry-on, I would not check these. I would make sure you always have your 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 uh, you know medication in your carry-on. If you have sensors in your carry-on, take them out. Do not let them X-ray them either. Okay, tell them what they are. They can look at them. They can even you know if they have to, they can open the box. You know they 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 can check them. They'll obviously see that they're medical you know, device and they won't have any issue with it and they'll just hand carry it across. They won't put it through the scanner. Um, be careful with, um, you know, uh, with handling the sensor as it relates to, um, you know, if you, if you do a lots of, of really rugged activity, um, uh, or, or you tend to get bumped a lot in the area where the sensor is, then there's a couple of things that you can do. You can buy um, these adhesive, they're sort of, um, they're like adhesive tapes, basically, that are are designed specifically for the sensor. And you can um, place it on the sensor. Many of them actually cover the whole sensor. Some 
actually look more like a donut and the the um you know it actually goes around the sensor i i will tell you from past experience that when you remove the sensor which would all you basically do there is you you grab the bottom part of the sensor and basically pull away i i found that when i used one of these um tape type you know uh you know protectors to be able to keep it on my arm um i i used it once and and i will never do it again because it was so painful taking that off and it wasn't painful because of the sensor it was painful because of the glue mm. um it was extremely painful and uh it actually ripped skin off my arm it was amazing taking was, the sensor uh, off is not painful at all no no not at all no no but if you but if you combine the sensor with these these you know adhesive things that that will help it stay on your arm which is not really necessary unless you're you know i was just trying to be cautious when i used my first one Mm -hmm. Um, then you're getting yourself into trouble because what's happening is you're mixing its glue with the sensor and that combination at least for me was was horrible i mean that was extremely painful (laughs) so it, it, it you know again it's not the sensor it's the glue that you're dealing with so just be cautious of just be cautious uh, of that. Um, the support from the company is out, is, is outstanding. Um, I even called them and said, "Hey, here's what happened with my sensor," and they said, "No problem. Um, you know, here's an email. Go down to, to to Walgreens or your pharmacy of choice, and they'll hand you a new uh, sensor for free." And I did that, and they handed me a sensor. And I paid nothing for it. Um, they're, they're a great company to, to work with. I don't really think that they understand that blind people are using this device. Um, you know, I, I tell them that every time I call, but, uh, so your, your mileage may vary on that, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great experience. It's been truly life-changing. I tweeted on, on Twitter a few months ago that, to me, this was as life-changing as the iPhone, and I stand by that remark. I agree. It's, totally uh, agree. It's, it's tru- truly, truly amazing, and I think eventually um, everyone will go to this solution. Um, it just makes complete sense, and the cost of these will continue to, to go down. Um, by the way, for those people who are thinking about this, and you're trying to figure out what to tell your doctor or your insurance company. In my case, mm-hmm. my doctor was all for it because she used them and got them for people before, so she knew all about it. Yep. But I said to her, I can't handle the finger sticks anymore because I read Braille. Yeah. My fingers hurt after a while. And she said, but well, it, tell them that. Yeah, but it's not even that. You need to just tell them you, you cannot accurately test. Well, I did I mean, that too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's a much stronger I think that's a much stronger way of advocating for this to say, look, you know, um, not only am I losing sensitivity in my fingers because I'm having to, you know, do finger sticks, and that's an impacting my livelihood of being able to read. Um, it's all, I, I can't accurately get blood, you know, into the test strip. No, no way. And uh, and so uh, I mean, I think you know, I, again, I I hate circling back but you truly have to be your best advocate on this one and push really hard if you get pushback nine times out of ten if your doctor writes a letter and and requests authorization you're going to get it um especially if they write a really compelling letter it's not like it was many many months ago when it was only available for type one diabetics and when we didn't have the phone app now uh i think just about any diabetic can get it 
And now that the phone app is out, my gosh, it's incredible. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot more leniency now than there was, say, six to eight months ago. Now, there's there's one issue with the app, which makes things really kind of challenging, and that is um, pulling up reports. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's a little tricky to do that. Um, in fact, I would say it's really not that accessible. But what you can do is you can log into a website and download a PDF of your actual lab results, or you can, when you go into the doctor's office, you can hand the, you know, uh, medical assistant your phone yeah. in, and, and show them the app and they can, they can get the PDF and actually, you know, get it downloaded and, and put into their system for the doctor to review. It's actually so on your phone. Cause I had my family looking at it cause they want it is. It is. Yeah. I couldn't read it, but they could. They could. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, you know, it, there's definitely a way of getting the data to your doctor. Um, I wish they made that easier. I wish it integrated directly into the health app um, within iOS it, itself, because that would also be very useful because then you could export that data very easily um, in, in an accessible way, but that's currently not that they're not there yet. But I suspect that with Dexcom um, doing the things that they're doing, I'm sure Libre is not going to be too far behind. In fact, I, you know, I would almost think they would have to do it to stay competitive. All right. That's um, ended rather abruptly, <laughs> but uh, that is a good demonstration of the um, Freestyle Libre device, and it is available in Canada. Um, those two gentlemen were American, are American, but a lot of what they said has uh, direct um, uh, result on or influence on what uh, has is available here in Canada. And you know what? what? I think more and more people are going to be going for that rather than trying to manage uh, their fingers and all that that goes along. Yeah. And I'm sure that you can also keep a record of um, the numbers on your meter or yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, they were just saying there that the report, getting the report isn't, as accessible as it might be. So if you happen to be somebody who is blind or low vision, you might have to get a, a family member or a friend, or as I refer to it, the proverbial someone, to uh, have a look at it, your, your doctor's uh, receptionist or whatever. But um, if that's the only thing that's not accessible about it, uh, it's, uh, I, I would think, much better than a finger stick. Well, anyone, I think, that is constantly, you know, maybe more than one time a day yeah. uh, checking their meter and their numbers, mm-hmm. this would certainly be helpful. Yes, yeah. So back to some Remembrance Day music now. Um, yesterday when I was at St. Paul's, Presbyterian Church, which is, by the way, at the Mount now. Um, Plug, plug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We had our remembrance, uh, service of remembrance, and the choir did uh, an anthem called Hymn to Freedom. Now, I don't know whether Harriet Hamilton, who wrote the words, is Canadian or not, but certainly the uh, fellow who wrote the tune, the music, is and he is Oscar Peterson. Yes, the jazz. And the singers, and the singers. 
Yes, and we were we are Canadian. <laughs> so uh, here's our choir's rendition of Hymn to Freedom. Freedom, um, and uh, the person who wrote the lyrics, Harriet Hamilton, as I say, isn't familiar to me, but uh, anyone who knows uh, anything about Canadian jazz will know the name Oscar Peterson. 
Well, that just about uh, brings us to the end of our show. And on this uh, Remembrance Day, we should always say, lest we forget. That's for sure. And never again. That would be good, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, uh, before the various bands in the Peterborough New Horizons band changed names, the Oak Band, which is the uh, kind of one in the middle because there's the Green Jubilee, um, and, and now it's Allegro, and Skylark and Odyssey. So before the name change, the uh, Allegro was Oak, and they did a medley of uh, war songs. And uh, so we'll start that off, and uh, we'll let that uh, take us out of here, and um, we'll see you next week. Well, it looks like we have a bit of a technical problem here, uh, uh, Devin, and I'm not just too sure. Uh, November is also Epilepsy Awareness Month, and we were scratching our heads while that other interview was on to see if we could think of anyone who could uh, or would come on next week and uh, talk about uh, epilepsy with us or on the 25th. And uh, so if... Um, you uh, are someone who would like to do that, you can contact us at uh, insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Insightpeterborough at gmail.com. And everyone have a good remembering day. Yes.